Welcome to the show that helps you get better at poker fast. My name is Mike Brady, and poker pro Gary Blackwood is back to give you some new weapons for your poker game. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to discuss range betting when you want to bet your entire range on the flop, when you don't want to bet your entire range on the flop, and looking for some top tips to help you along the way. Yeah, betting your entire range in position is a strategy that will massively boost your win rate if you implement it properly, and that's kind of a big if. In this episode, we're going to be covering c-betting with your entire range. So for example, you raise from any position other than the small blind and the big blind calls, and then the big blind checks to you, and you're going to c-bet with your entire range. We're also going to cover some three-bet spots. So for example, the cutoff raises, you three-bet on the button, the cutoff calls, and then you c-bet your entire range on that flop. Before we get started, I've got a favor to ask. Hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube, or rate the podcast five stars if you're listening on an audio platform. We appreciate your help in appeasing our big tech overlords. Now, let's get started. My first question for you, Gary, is simple but important. Why would we ever want to bet with our entire range on a flop? Yeah, good question to start us off here, and understanding why we do certain things makes the game of poker much easier as opposed to just being told you want to range bet here and just, just following it. There are a couple of great reasons for us to want to bet our entire range, providing it's the right play. It can be really easily summed up by saying that our range advantage is extremely strong and we generate a ton of fold equity by betting our entire range. We also force our opponent to defend extremely wide and therefore they have to continue with some very marginal slash low equity hands if they're trying to play optimally. Case in point, when you open the button and the flop is king eight deuce rainbow and you bet your entire range for a small size, the big blind has to call some absolute trash to compensate for our range advantage range bet strategy hands like jack seven with a backdoor flush draw nine six suited with a backdoor flush draw ten nine offsuit queen jack offsuit not always calling these combos but continuing very often in theory if we range bet we get to press our equity advantage to the max and we force our opponent to the turn with some very questionable hands as well simply put our range can justify it and we force our opponent to get to the turn with lots of garbage hands and that will help our turn strategy a lot Yeah, and the other side of that is if they don't defend correctly, which I think a lot of people don't defend correctly, even against a range bet, even against a small range bet, you're just printing money with your bet on the flop. So it's almost like a win-win where you're either just getting your small bet through on the flop too often and it's printing money, or they're defending with kind of the proper range, and then they're reaching the turn with a quite wide range when you still have a nut advantage. So you really get to kind of win no matter what if you're implementing a good range betting strategy. All right, next question for you, Gary. What are some specific flops that warrant a range bet, starting with some button versus big blind spots? So for example, we raise on the button, big blind calls. What are some boards where you're going to bet 100% of the time, every hand in your range is going to be a C bet? So there aren't actually as many as people might think. Single raise pots on the button, you've got to be really disconnected. Single Broadway boards like King 8-3, Queen 7-deuce, Jack 6-deuce, all rainbow boards. Generally, the rule of thumb in these spots are that you can range bet when you face the least resistance. Case in point on Queen 7 Deuce Rainbow, you can bet 90% of the time, and we just simplify and bet our entire range there. But on Queen 7 5 Rainbow, where there are so many more gut shots and straight draws and, you know, King 6 suited with a three card straight, three card flush that can continue, you can actually only bet that board 73% of the time. That doesn't sound like a huge difference, but it really is. It's almost a 20% difference in our betting frequency. So super disconnected rainbow boards on the button, but not ace high boards. We're going to get to that in a second. Also, all of the pair boards, the high pair boards like king, king three, queen, queen four, 10, 10, five, 
ace ace jack all those types of boards really good boards for you to bet very wide you know with your entire range for that small size as you move further away from the button i.e mp or under the gun versus big blind you'll find that there are some boards that you can range bet that you wouldn't be able to do from the point of view of the button for example those semi-ish connected king high boards mp and under the gun versus big blind you get to bet much more liberally a lot of them to the point where you can just bet your entire range and the reason for that is that Obviously, when we open on the button, we're opening you know 45% of our hands. But when we open under the gun, it's like 17% and MP is 22%. So our range gets a whole lot stronger. We've got less air and we miss less frequently. So we get to see bet much wider. And a lot of those boards, as I mentioned, we get to just go ahead and bet our entire range. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because like you said earlier, what drives range betting is that we as the preflop raiser have a huge range advantage and we get to leverage that range advantage by betting very frequently even for a small size. So it tracks that if you're in an earlier position and thus you have a tighter, stronger range, that is simply put a higher proportion of aces, kings, queens, ace, king, all the really, really good stuff, you're going to be able to range bet more often because you're working with a much tighter, narrower, stronger range of hands. Obviously, on certain boards, that's actually going to hurt you, you know, if you're under the gun and it comes, you know, six, seven, eight, and now that board doesn't quite hit you as well. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about these disconnected boards where we get to, to range bet. And even in these cases, some of these slightly more connected king high boards that you were talking about makes a lot of sense. So I know you also want to talk about three bet pots because you also get to range bet in three bet pots sometimes. So let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, let's take a little look at button versus cutoff three bet pots. All of your double Broadway boards are very comfortable range bets, really profitable to just go ahead and bet your entire range for the small size. Basically, all of your king high flops, the really disconnected queen high flops, all the jack high flops as well. And of course, you've still got the queen, queen deuce, the jack, jack four boards that are again, really good for you to just go ahead and bet your entire range. I just want to quickly go off on a tangent here and you know just talk about some of the nuances within our strategy here. If you three bet button versus cutoff, you think about the cutoff's flatting range. The cutoff will not flat a hand like ace king very rarely flat a hand like ace-jack, maybe some suited combos, but they will flat hands like ace-queen suited and ace-queen offsuit. So we can go ahead and see about our entire range on a king-high or a jack-high flop because our opponent will have a whole lot less top pairs in their range. But on the queen-high board, we got to just throw in some checks from time to time on certain queen-high boards because our opponent will, of course, have more top pairs. And the reason I mentioned that is that one thing I mentioned earlier, and it sort of comes back to that, one of the main reasons we get to range bet is when we face a whole lot less resistance, which is generally because our range is doing so well so on a board like king seven deuce and the single race pot button versus big blinds there are a whole lot less straight draws and gut shots well there are none obviously and we can apply that to the three bet pot scenario whereby there's a whole lot less strong top pairs in our opponent's range which means we're going to be met with much much less resistance which means we get to go ahead and range bet on a king high board or a jack high board but not the queen high board so really understanding why we get to do certain things is extremely important as opposed to just being told you want to range bet xyz and going ahead and doing it really understanding why makes poker very very easy yeah and before we get into my next plan question i kind of have a question that popped up while you were speaking there are there any adjustments you might make if you got really reliable info on your opponent like let's say for example you're playing a live game and you somehow know your opponent is not someone who's going to four bet ace king let's say not even ace jack that you just know they're going to play call there with everything but you know like aces kings we've all played against people like that right so let's just take that extreme scenario. You three bet on the button, they call in the cutoff. Are you still going to range bet on king and jack high flops against that player when you now know he can have ace king or ace jack, for example? 
But let's expand the question a little bit. And Mike, you're absolutely right. There are obviously players like that who can have hands like Ace King and you know even Ace King suited, etc. But their range will generally be a lot stronger. Anyway, for example, when you three bet button versus cut off, the cut off is supposed to call with, you know, pocket deuces and seven, six suited. So not only will our opponent have more of those top pairs, but their range will be stronger. And as we've just seen, you know, when your range gets stronger from the point of view as the preflop aggressor, you get to, you know, bet extremely wide. So if our opponent's range suddenly gets much stronger, I'd be much less inclined to range bet. Don't get me wrong on a board like King Jack four, I'm still going to bet extremely wide, but I think that's a really nice adjustment to make is that you know if you're playing against a player that's really tight you have to understand their range gets a whole lot tighter and you can't just go ahead and put them in the blender on a board like king jack four because they're gonna have less pocket fives and seven six suited and you know ace eight suited type hands so i would still see bet relatively wide but i wouldn't just be betting my my entire range relentlessly on a on, on a board like that yeah that makes sense and it's really coming back to it's not really a range betting fundamental. That's just a fundamental of poker. If your opponent is very tight, you know, they raise a tight range, they call your three bet with a tight range. Of course, you're going to be more cautious post flop. So, so that only makes sense. So moving on back to range betting, what are some flops that people think are a range bet, but are absolutely not a range bet at equilibrium? This is a question that's you know just as important as everything we've discussed so far today. And one massive improvement so many people can make is to stop this sweeping oversimplification of just c-betting your entire range way too often on varying board textures let's start with single raise pots button versus big blind as already mentioned you can't just range bet a flop like king six five even a rainbow board you know obviously the you know when we talk about being met with less resistance obviously you get met with less resistance on a, a rainbow board as opposed to a flush draw board so our betting frequency generally goes up on those but even king six five rainbow you're supposed to check here around 40 percent of the time so if you're the type of player that's just range betting there, you're absolutely doing it wrong. As mentioned, the reason we can't range bet is because this is not a board where we are met with very little resistance. So many straight draws, gut shots, even a hand like queen seven with a backdoor flush draw gets to very comfortably continue. But on, you know, king eight three, that queen seven just has to go ahead and fold. And that's a perfect example. You know, that queen seven on king eight three, it can't continue, but on king six five, it absolutely can. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to being met with less resistance. There are just so many more hands in your opponent's range that can continue on king six five that if you're c betting your entire range, you're absolutely doing it wrong. You only want to be c betting there, you know, 60 or 70% of the time, as mentioned. Mike has sort of vaguely alluded to this already, and I'm just going to talk about it real quick is that, you know, we're talking about in position here. It's really important that we're not betting our entire range out of position in single raise pots there are very very few textures where we want to do that and it's really important we're checking really quite wide if we look at you know small blind versus big blind we've got two very wide ranges but we're out of position which means our opponent gets to float us really wide and you know on the king eight three our opponent does get to call the queen seven suited type hands because they're in position and if we look at a spot like, you know, MP versus button comes all the way back, you know, we open 22% in MP, the button calls like five or 6%, which means their range is really strong. And even on a board like King 8-3, we absolutely don't get to bet our entire range there. Uh, so something to be mindful of, we're mainly focusing on in position C-bets today, but we really don't want to be C-betting our entire range, you know, very rarely when we're out of position. Really important to mention that. Yeah, and that really makes me think we need to cover out of position c-betting as a dedicated episode of this podcast we've covered it in passing from in some other episodes where it was kind of adjacently related but 
it's such a complicated topic. And I think our listeners will be quite surprised how defensive and passive you have to be playing out of position, even as the preflop raiser with a fairly strong range. I mean, I know if I look back 10 years in my poker career, if I raised preflop and got called by an in-position player, I was probably c-betting about five times more often than I should have been. So yeah, it's uh, it's an important topic, you, and you're really punting money if you're c-betting too often. So we'll be sure to cover that one. Uh, keep an eye out for it. So anyway, Gary, I'll let you take back over so you can continue talking about single raise pot range betting real quick. Yeah, uh, looking at spots, you know, in position, obviously we get to bet much more often, which is which is great. Uh, coming back to some of the boards that we don't get to range bet on, one of the most common types of boards that people way see bet way too much on are the ace high boards. We can't just oversimplify and range bet on all ace high boards, even the really disconnected ones. An absolutely perfect example here is you know king eight three rainbow. We get to range bet, but ace eight three rainbow we get to bet sixty percent of the time. So again. This is a, a beautiful example. I, I'm sure a lot of people watching will just simplify and bet their entire range on King Six Five Rainbow Ace Eight Three Rainbow Button versus Big Blind. But really important that we're finding these checks. You know, if it's seventy five or eighty percent, I could kind of maybe get behind just simplifying and, and betting your entire range. But when you're supposed to be checking as much as forty percent, you absolutely cannot go ahead and just bet your entire range. Looking at some Button versus Cutoff Three Bet Pot scenarios, Double Broadway and Paired Ace High Boards. Completely fine to range bet, but again, there's some ace high boards in there that we're we're not range betting. Even a board like you know ace six three, ace nine four, the super disconnected boards. And really quickly, I want to talk about why that is. If we look at a king high flop, we'll see less top pairs in our opponent's range for both scenarios. You know, you've got the button versus big blind single raise pot and the button versus cut off three bet pot. You're going to see a whole lot less top pairs in your opponent's range on a king high board compared to an ace high board obviously we've still got a, a pretty strong range and we you know we've got the nut advantage etc but we're going to be met with more resistance on an ace high board compared to a king high board because our opponent has got more of those top pairs in their range and you know that's one of the main reasons that we can't just go ahead and bet our entire range another really important factor is that on a king high board we're going to have a hand like ace four suited with an overcard to the boards and obviously some backdoor draws a lot of the time and that overcard to the boards increases our outs you know we've got three outs versus you know when our opponent does have top pair but obviously on an ace high board we can't have that overcard luxury working for us yeah and if you just think about the composition of your opponent's range it's oftentimes going to have more ace high hands in it than king high hands pretty simple i mean you know ace nine suited probably calls against your three bet cutoff versus button but king nine suited maybe doesn't it's it's a worse hand so they're naturally going to have fewer king high hands that hit that king high flop and they're going to have more ace-high hands that hit that ace-high flop. And like I said, that overcard thing is very interesting. On an ace-high board, all of our sort of potential bluffing hands, none of them have overcards. The best we can really do is maybe a gut shot if we have like 5-4 suited, but it's mainly going to be like backdoor draws with like 9-10 suited on ace-8-3. So we don't have as many bluffing hands that have direct outs to improve. We, we kind of need some runner-runner help. So it makes sense that we're, we're able to kind of leverage that. There's one last thing I want to very quickly add. Mike's absolutely right. Just to be clear, there are for sure some ace high boards that we can range bet in differing scenarios. But these are two very good scenarios that we've spoken about, you know, button versus big blind, button versus cutoff, single raise pots and three bet pots that we absolutely cannot. And if we are, we need to start mixing in some checks with the right types of hands. Do you have a quick example of an ace high board situation where you are range betting? Is it one of those early position versus big blind examples or or what what is it? So button versus cutoff, as mentioned, you know, all the double Broadway boards are really good for you. You get to just bet your entire range. And that includes the ace high board. So ace, queen, four, king, jack, five, etc. 
as well as that, as I mentioned, all of the paired ace high boards are extremely good for you in any scenario, in virtually all scenarios, but versus cut off three bet pot, under the gun versus big blind, single raise pot, any ace ace X board is extremely good for you. But mainly the double Broadway boards in three bet pots, uh, including the ace high textures, of course, and uh, all scenarios where ace ace X is the board you get to bet really, really well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So since you're betting with such a wide range in these spots, I kind of want to move on to sizing, and one might expect that a small bet size is appropriate because you're betting so many hands, right? Is that always the case when you're range betting? Are you always betting small, or should big bets be used on certain flops? When we're range betting, we will almost always be using a small size, 33%, quarter pot, even some four bet pots where 10% is preferred giving Mike a great chance to plug a certain upswing article here, which has been really helpful for a lot of people. There are some spots where we want to bet 50% with our entire range. For example, button versus cutoff, three bet pot, jack high, unpaired, non-monotone flops. But ask yourself this, do I want to remember, okay, jack high, unpaired, non-monotone flops are 50%, but if there's a flush draw, I bet one third, or do we want to keep our strategy nice and simple and just use that one third size instead? The answer is hopefully clear. Simplicity is key. So we don't have any range bets for 75%. We've got some range bets for 50%, but we can keep our strategy really nice, really simple, and use a one-third size for all scenarios where we're betting our entire range. And if we feel confident having the 25% in you know, four-bet pots, maybe some double Broadway textures in three-bet pots, and obviously, as Mike's about to tell us, there are some four-bet pot situations where we want to use 10%. And of course, there's a great article about that. Yeah, so if you do want to read that article Gary was referencing, it's called Three Spots to Use Tiny Bet Sizes in Cash Games. And if you want to find it, just go on Google, search Tiny Bet Upswing Poker. It'll come up. You'll find it. Three spots to use tiny bet sizes. I'm glad we're good at SEO because I don't have to give you an ugly link. I could just tell you to Google something. (laughs) All right. I want to make sure our listeners are prepared to navigate future streets after range betting on the flop, because you're reaching the turn after range betting with literally your entire pre-flop range, right? So I can understand some of our listeners might find that a little bit daunting, getting to the turn, the pot's a little bit built, and they have all their hands. So before we go, can you share a few tips for playing the turn after range betting on the flop? Yeah, so the most important thing about turn play is to remember this, and it's really quite a beautiful phrase. Um, when you range bet the flop, you arrive to the turn with the same range as your pre-flop range. This means that your range is extremely wide. Imagine you open the button and you bet your entire range on the flop. You're getting to the turn with a 46% range, which is extremely wide. And of course, your opponent's range is condensed into a much stronger range. And therefore, our turn betting frequency will overall be really not that high, really quite low overall. Case in point, if we range bet the king eight deuce rainbow, there is one turn in the deck that gives us more than 50% equity. It's a random queen, and it gives us 50.01%. Every other turn gives us between 43 and 49% equity. And the reason for that, as stated, our range is super wide, our opponent's range is condensed, and we said this a few times tonight, really nice to reiterate this point one last time. When your range is is condensed, it generally is much stronger when it's up against a really wide range. So on the flip side, when our range is really wide and our opponent's range is really condensed, that's why our equity comes down on all the turn cards. Yeah, and it makes sense because your opponent has shown willingness to put money in the pot twice against your aggression. They first called your preflop raise, which, you know, somewhat wide range that they're doing that, but it narrows out some hands. Then they called a bet on the flop, on a disconnected flop that's kind of hard to hit. 
So they've really narrowed their range quite considerably twice, whereas you have not done that at all. You raised preflop on the button or whatever position, then you range bet on the flop. You're reaching the turn with all your hands. So you had a big advantage on the flop, and that's what we leveraged to bet with our entire range. But now our opponent has shown that willingness to put money in the pot again. And now we're going to like, okay, let's slow down a little bit. Our overall range has a lot lower equity. Yes, you're still going to have more of the super strong hands. You're still going to do a bunch of, you know, betting, maybe even some big betting. But overall, you're going to slow down with a lot of your range because you don't want to just keep rifling money into the pot when your range has much less equity than your opponent range versus range. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And as mentioned, you know, our equity shrivels up as a result and our betting frequency drops drastically. Poker is really simple. When you've got lots of equity, you bet really wide. In this scenario, we've got, you know, as mentioned, one turn in the deck that's better for us and our opponent. Even, even then, it's, it's completely minimal. And therefore, our betting frequency is going to come down a lot. In single raise pots, this will generally mean that we play a lot of overbets on the turn because of how polarized our range is. And also, the stack to pot ratio plays a factor in that as well. But in three bet pots, we don't really overbet the turn because of the size of the pot. But of course, our betting frequency will drop quite a bit. The last point I want to make on our turn strategy is to really think about the turns that are better or worse for our range. The lower turns aren't going to be great for you overall, and the board pairing turns are generally the worst turns. So we must check those even more than other turns, and generally the higher turn cards will be better for you. For example, on King 8-3 Queen, we've got a lot more Jack-10, Jack-9, Ace-Jack, etc. that are going to have a lot more equity compared to King-8, 3-4. So be really mindful of the turns that are better for you that you get to bet more often while still not quite at full frequency, of course. I've just made a nearly five-hour-long module for Upswing Poker on turn strats after betting the flop, so this is all very fresh in my mind. Yeah, and that module is scheduled to come out in a month or two, I think. It's currently in editing, so definitely check that out when it comes out. And if you're an Upswing Lab member, you can currently dive super deep into the crucial topic of range betting by watching the module that's aptly titled Betting Your Entire Range in Position. It's a three-hour lesson dedicated to the topic that Gary and I are talking about today, and it includes a lot of advice for playing turns and rivers after range betting on the flop. Gary and I have given you kind of the basics of range betting here, kind of a general idea that you now have, but if you really want to dive deep, really understand all the different boards, and really have a complex, robust strategy that's going to be super, super tough to beat and extremely profitable for you, I would recommend checking out that module in the Upswing Lab. I just want to give a very quick shout out to Tim Jenkins. I watched his module before. I made my module, and if we are Upswing members, we should go and check it out as soon as possible. It is absolutely fantastic, and it helped me a lot both in my own game and making the next module, uh, talking about some turn shots. Yeah, Tim Jenkins is actually a former Upswing member. He was an Upswing member back in 2016, and then he's kind of graduated. He showed us an incredible win rate graph over multiple years in multiple different game types. We brought him on as a coach. He made that range betting module. It's super awesome stuff, so definitely check that out. Hey, you never know, Mike. Maybe somebody watching right now will be an upswing coach in 2030. Yeah, hopefully. Get to work, everyone. It's, it's possible. <laughs> it's a good job. It is a good gig. <laughs> Thanks a ton for listening. We release a new episode of Upswing Poker Level Up almost every Wednesday. Please be sure to subscribe or follow the show if you're enjoying all of this free value. We'll see you in the next one.